0: There's a smart new website that will change the way you invest using social media like Folio. Here to explain a team of brothers, Andy and Landon Swan of
1: Like Folio. And they've always been building out great technology at the intersection
0: of social and trading. Powered by unique social data, analyzed by legendary traders. The Like Folio broadcast starts right, right now. now.
1: Boy, do we have a lot to talk about today, and we have a limited amount of time, so we're going to jump right in. We've actually got three topics that we're going to be going over, all related to the uh, February like folio letter, and uh, they are the Super Bowl. We're going to finish talking about the Super Bowl promotion that we did with TD Ameritrade. Uh, We're going to talk about uh, Campbell's, and we've got a pair trade where Nick has invented a new... Trade name, it's fantastic. We're going to talk about that last.
0: I'm excited about that one. I
1: love it. I love it. So first, let's talk about Super Bowl. We t- we talked a little bit last time about you know the fact that Coke won and uh, Audi came in second, and uh, Mister Clean was third. Uh, but we're going to dive a little bit into the different categories because we actually broke it down by uh, different industries and sectors and see who won what. Uh, and the first one is beer. Pretty easy to guess who won that beer. Budweiser. Yeah, I, I actually don't think Bud. that. <laughs> you remember that? Why? <laughs> That's nice. Yeah, the Budweiser, the the frogs.
0: Yes, that was awesome. Um,
1: I don't think that any other beer uh, commercials are allowed to air. I think they've got an exclusive deal, which so is Budweiser. Just yeah, and, and so then a, has a
0: strangle on the Super yeah, Bowl marketing. So it's
1: Budweiser versus Bud Light. I mean, you remember the uh, the Bud. Bud Bowl back in the day, yeah, absolutely. It was never Miller or, or Coors, which, or is,
0: which is crazy because I don't remember anything like any other commercials, really. Right, but I remember <laughs> the Bud Bowl. Why, sir? Yeah, I remember Bud Bowl. I remember what's up. You know, I mean, <laughs> they that? just they just got a legendary lineup.
1: Forgot about the what's up. That's awesome. So yeah, they obviously won the beer category hands down. Um, cars, we already talked about. Uh, Audi edged out Buick with the Cam Newton ad. Audi won with the. Um, the the equal pay for women thing uh which was we talked about it's pretty interesting that they were it was less positive as a percentage but more positive as quantity which is what we measured was how many as
0: the night went on it had had what we said mention retention
1: right mention yeah absolutely during the minute or so following the ad audi had like a third or a fourth of the buick ad uh so people were really loving that buick ad with cam newton you know, pushing around little flag football (laughs) kids. But they stopped talking about it after a minute or two. Whereas Audi, they kept talking and there was debate and positive and negative. But as the night went on, they overtook them.
0: So it had a great impact. It just didn't have staying power.
1: Right. Buick. Yeah, absolutely. And the same with uh, um, the Honda ad. They did the yearbook, if you remember, with all the celebrities where their faces, their yearbook picture was talking. Um, They had a lot of like Steve Carell and Tina Fey and... uh, Magic Johnson. They had a lot of them where it was their high school yearbook picture, and but it came to life and started talking. But then it was like entertaining, but then at the very end they said, oh, by the way, this is Honda. It's <laughs> it's kind of like Ford had a similar ad. So they they kind of trailed off and didn't do as well, even though the ads were pretty cool. In the consumer brands, uh, consumer goods, uh, Mr. Clean won hands down. Um among publicly traded companies, 84 Lumber actually, if you want to put that into consumer goods, not really sure where else to put that, but they actually had more than uh, Mr. Clean. So what
0: was the 84 Lumber ad? Uh, That one,
1: it was political. I can't remember exactly what it was. It was very controversial, um, and it had a lot of people talking, and there was like boycott talks afterwards. We got to look that up. I can't remember exactly what it was, but it it had something to do with... uh, I believe, like immigration or Trump policy, something along those lines. Gotcha. Which is weird. I don't know why they're stepping into that, but hey, got people talking.
0: That's exactly why they're stepping into it, That's I, would, right. I would guess. Controversy is <laughs> like, winning, This right? will get people talking.
1: Exactly. Uh, in restaurants, the it, it came down to Wendy's versus McDonald's, and... My personal preference is Wendy's. I don't really like McDonald's all that much. What about you?
0: Who I you... definitely prefer Wendy's. but The food I mean, we're I, talking about, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't dislike McDonald's. It's definitely, neither of them are frequent. Right. But, you know, if I have a choice and they're next to each other, I'm going to slide into Wendy's.
1: <laughs> so, um, Wendy's actually did a lot better than McDonald's and they won the category. McDonald's ads was kind of like one of those classic party, yay, Big Macs are fun kind of ad, sure. which is... Just kind of whatever.
0: Well, they're probably um, they those three different sizes of Big Mac. They're pushing <laughs> those, I'm guessing. Right, right. Which I don't really recall. The, See, G- you, you guys were way more in tune with the actual ads themselves. Right. And I was kind of watching numbers more than I was actually watching ads. You were doing both. So I, I don't remember a lot of the ads. There's so
1: many. They, they start to blur together. They really do. But Wendy's was. So McDonald's was like fun and hip and whatever party time with a Big Mac. Uh, Wendy's was, if you remember, it was like uh, the competition has frozen beef and it went into a freezer and there's a guy like with a hair dryer trying to de-thaw or trying to thaw <laughs> out the uh, the frozen patties and their thing is never frozen, so they won on restaurant. Do you remember where's the beef? Oh yeah, the Wendy's that was down? like 90s, right think, or yeah, 80s?
0: Was, it was 80s. It was so legendary that it they made a board game about advertising i can't remember what the name of the board game was and that was like their flagship as far as how they market commercial crazies yes yeah, where you watch like it that. and you had to something say like,
1: i remember that
0: and that you was that was their, what
1: was part of the
0: yeah and that was like their flagship they used that advertisement wow. to advertise that game so wait that
1: a, was a wendy's product that where's, the, game? where's the beef
0: well, no where's the beef was yeah that was a wendy's marketing campaign but they used that marketing campaign to market commercial crazy. Okay. Jeez. So that's how impactful that campaign was altogether.
1: Very cool. Uh, moving over to the snack and soda category, we already talked about how Coca-Cola dominated the entire Super Bowl, so they won that. Um, it's interesting that Pepsi sponsored the Super Bowl a halftime show. Sure. But we were watching the phrase Pepsi and all the phrases around it, and it was They didn't get anything during halftime. I mean, people are talking about Lady Gaga, but that's not Pepsi. So I'm not sure how much they spent on sponsoring the halftime show, but... Probably
0: a nice penny.
1: I would think more than Coke's pregame advertisement. So I'd say Coke won the battle of the marketing dollar there. Absolutely. On the snack side, it was Skittles. If you remember that commercial with the uh, people... I think it was a boy trying to get his girlfriend's attention by uh, throwing skittles yeah, at the window, yeah, 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 and the dude. family kept moving over. That was, that was funny. Yeah, I like that one. That's not publicly traded, uh, but they did win uh, that category. And then in uh, TV slash movie, Pirates of the Caribbean did really well with their commercial. They were a clear winner for a while until Stranger Things came out, and then it just was—they just blew them out. Oh yeah, people were really anticipating that season two, and I think it doesn't come out till. Like October, like six months away or eight months away, and they're still advertising it. People are hyped
0: about their, their that. Their theme music uh, really reminds me of X-Files theme music. Yeah, it There's does. some similarities going on there. Which, it does. Which, you know, it makes sense because they're both supposed to be like spooky, mysterious right. stuff going on. Right. So the theme music reflects that.
1: Definitely. So yeah, that was uh, Netflix crushed that one for sure. They,
0: you know, I'm, I'm still <laughs> disappointed. We saw the rumors that the Last Jedi may do a teaser trailer. I know. And, and Disney comes out with probability was Pirates low. of the Caribbean instead. Yeah. Why, why not do Star Wars? Could you Wars? imagine oh. what that would have done?
1: They would have crushed it. Absolutely I mean, crushed it. Would
0: have it. Dist- it, would have, it would have broke the internet. <laughs>
1: it would have done it. <laughs> they would have beat Coke, I think.
0: Oh, I think they that would have, have won. There's no sure. chance. They might have doubled Coke's numbers. <laughs> Everybody wants to see it, too. Yeah, they're saying it's going to come out in April when they do the Star Wars uh, like fan, Okay. whatever. Um, convention.
1: I can't wait. Can't wait on that one. Me neither. The other, the last one, which is sort of the tech category, T Mobile did it really well. And, you know, they had the, um, one of their ads was with Justin Bieber, people doing like I the do evolution of the dance. Of and he the, was dancing
0: all crazy at the end.
1: Right, right. Um, but they actually bought three minutes worth of ads for the Super Bowl. And the whole time they were attacking Verizon about, data limits and things like that so t-mobile is all about unlimited now um and so they did really well they they crushed that category and um overall they i think they were the seventh best company sixth best company so they you did know,
0: their ceo to me is very richard branson-esque he yeah he, you know he's quirky yeah. he's he's definitely an individual um he their, their branding is great you know what i mean when you think of T-Mobile the first thing that pops in my head is that pink color that right. you know is only associated with them. Uh-huh. They they really go out there and they attack the branding and marketing and they aren't afraid to take risks. You know, I'm starting to respect them more and more if they ever get their coverage to be as, you know, comparable to right. AT&T, you know, I might I might just switch. Right, right. Just cuz I like I kind of like the guy. He's quirky and weird and fun.
1: <laughs> he definitely is. Yeah. So that rounds out the Super Bowl. Um, we're going to have, I think, more coming out about that from TD Ameritrade. Uh, but we kind of wanted to go into the categories and and preview who won each one of those. Uh, so I like it. it, yeah. Let's uh, let's jump into the next segment, which is Campbell's, and um, I don't mm, want
0: to soup. Isn't that, is that something?
1: <laughs> I think that's something. But the one that fits this category or fits today's uh, call on Campbell's would be, uh-oh, SpaghettiOs, because <laughs> we are bearish on Campbell's. <laughs> I like it. And they make SpaghettiOs. <laughs> They've got a lot of products. they got the soup, uh, SpaghettiOs, a V8, paste picani sauce, the uh, made okay. in New York City. You know that? Yeah. Get this, a rope.
0: <laughs> this does made in New York City. New York City.
1: That's right. Get a rope. And then uh, big in our house, Goldfish. Kids love the goldfish. Oh, yeah, of course.
0: Uh, hey, adults love the goldfish. That's true. If you put some goldfish in front of me, they're going to disappear.
1: There are at least 100 goldfish on the bottom of my wife's car right now at all times. <laughs> it's just its unbelievable. Kids can't hit their mouth. <laughs> so let's talk about the the social data, the like-folio data on Campbell's, the reason that we're bearish. Um, we've seen a you know, they've been fairly steady on both mentions and purchase intent since we've been tracking them through 2012. Uh, Sentiment's been bouncing between 75 and 80, 83%, somewhere in there. Uh, But over the last two or three months, we've seen a pretty strong decline in both mention volume and purchase intent, um, as well as sentiment dropping down. There was a drop in the summer of 2016 just a little bit, where it got down to seventy percent. It was a really mm. quick little drop down.
0: So, real quick, isn't seventy-five to eighty uh, percent? You said is their general sentiment range. That's kind of right. that's kind of low to start with, isn't it?
1: Um, yeah, it really depends on sector. And- yeah, it does. I mean, it can vary all over the place. Airlines, I think, hover around anywhere from forty to sixty oh, okay. percent. They're some of the lowest, um, and you know, car companies or uh, fast food are a little bit higher. Uh, a company like this, I think that seventy-five to eighty is, is fairly normal for them. Um, but other than that dip in in this summer, this is pretty much the bottom of the range for their sentiment right now. So seventy-five percent is pretty much as low as it gets, and um, purchase intent is at an all-time low right now. So, um,
0: so basically, what you're saying is if you eliminate that dip to seventy, right, uh, that took place in the summer, that was just a small data blip.
1: Yeah, it was quick. It was quick and it recovered quickly.
0: So you eliminate that, then essentially we're at IV percentile of zero, you know, or the zero percentile. <laughs> right, we're
1: very low. Uh, on IV percent-
0: sentiment percentile of zero. So at the very low end of the range.
1: Yes, and the stock's been climbing. So we've got one of those divergence opportunities. And so um, the only thing that's a little bit quirky is you know, we're talking about Campbell's Target and Walmart today, and all three of them have quarters that end um, at the end of January. Mm-hmm. And so you have to look, if you're talking about a quarterly report and Campbell's comes out on Friday, um, two days, you have, to, you have to look at when that decline started happening. And it's actually kind of, the quarter kind of splits a high point in their purchase intent. So I'm not positive if this earnings report is going to reflect what we've seen already, mm-hmm. or if it's going to be more of a forecast or next earnings report. So a little bit longer term play on Campbell's beyond just the two days between now and earnings sure. report. Um, so when you look at, when you look at uh, options or strategies around CPB, Campbell's bearish, what do you see, Nick?
0: So Campbell's, just to kind of give a little preface here, the stock's Right around sixty three and a quarter right now, uh, earnings are the seventeenth before market. So essentially, if you're going to put on an earnings trade, you'd want to put it on tomorrow during market hours. Right,
1: you got very little
0: time. Very little time. Uh, the stocks all they put in an all time high right around sixty eight in early July of twenty sixteen. So that was pretty recent all time high for for Campbell Soup. Uh, there's resistance potential kind of in the 65 to 68 range, but there's no real strong defined resistance. You know, we just have to keep in mind we just made a all-time high, so that's going to be a major resistance point, but also potential, if it breaks out, then, you know, you got a big opportunity right upside. But we're pretty far away from that with current prices 63 and a quarter. Uh, the IV percentile is currently 34, so it's kind of in the middle of its range, okay. lower lower mid of its range. Uh, the i with the IV percentage at twenty three percent right now, uh, so the low end of the range is twenty, high end of the range is thirty two. Right now, it's at twenty three, which puts it at a percentile of around thirty. Okay. So hopefully that's not confusing, but um, you know, so so it's what I'm getting at there is the implied volatility is not really spiking into earnings. You know, we see that a lot with most companies but campbell's is just such a huge company right that generally doesn't have I mean, they, they a whole soup. lot of activity <laughs> right. you know post earnings so we don't get a whole lot of implied volatility increase into the earnings events and we don't get much crush after the earnings events so i don't really see this as a great earnings trade opportunity but i see it as a potential good bearish opportunity for a longer term horizon okay um What you mentioned there is you're not positive that all this data is going to be reflected in this, you know, in the most recent quarter that they're reporting tomorrow, or or sorry, uh, Friday, Friday morning. Mm -hmm. Um, So keeping that in mind, and also keeping in mind that Campbell's Soup is generally a pretty slow moving stock in general, Mm -hmm. and it takes a while for the market to really digest and move it around. I actually went out to the May 2017 options with 93 days left until expiration. Okay. So we've got a lot of days left until expiration. Gives it plenty of time for this freaking uh, battleship to, right. you know, a cruise ship, whatever you want to call it, to, to make that Expensive, turn. right? Um, I, w- given how low we are in uh, implied volatility, I think buying premium makes decent sense here. Just going to buy some puts then? Just gonna, I'm just looking at buying uh, the, the May 2017. They expire on the 19th of May. Um, six, 93 days till expiration, the 62.50 puts at $2.50. So, okay, 250 bucks per contract. I don't love this trade because the options market is a bit thin in Campbell's. Oh, uh, the liquidity is that there's a 55 cent bid ask spread on these puts, and there's barely any volume at open interest on here. So, I would go super small here, super small, but okay. I do like. I do like it, you know, so I might throw on a few contracts,
1: or I guess another strategy if you've got a larger portfolio that is uh, that has a overall bullish slant and you wanted to balance it out, you could just short some mm-hmm. and just kind of hold for a while just to balance your portfolio a little bit. Yep. this could balance against a a longer term position like that, so
0: that's going to be a much more capital intensive place, so like I right. said, if you have Depending a larger portfolio on, and you want to you know hedge it out a little bit or neutralize your delta. All
1: right, so let's talk
0: about the last trade which
1: is um, a little bit better as far yeah, as yeah, I like this one. <laughs> a little bit better as far as being able to trade it we've hit this one before target versus Walmart um, and it just keeps coming back um, so we look at the the like folio data and target is having a or had a really nice fourth quarter and for these companies that means um, November December January uh, that that's what their quarter encompasses and so it's a
0: big string right there. It's a big I mean, that's a big all of, uh,
1: yeah, Thanksgiving all the way through Christmas. That's, that's it. I mean, it's that's it, for deal. these companies. It's, it's a, a big deal. revenue. So Target has fantastic, uh, Q4, uh, on the books, according to like folio data, purchase intent. Uh, and Walmart has not terrible, but just kind of, uh, like not as good as last year, um, which was not as good as the year before. It's just declining. And so, um, the the fourth quarter purchase intent is the main reason for being bullish on Target and bearish on Walmart. Uh, in addition, there's a pretty big sentiment gap between the two.
0: Okay.
1: Um, Target has always been higher than Walmart. Um, I think it probably always will, but it's it's just doing better recently. It's moved up. It's it's um, in like the sixty seven percent range, whereas Walmart is down around fifty five. Okay. So. It's a, it's a pretty big difference between the two, and Target has moved up over the last quarter while as Walmart has moved down over the last quarter on sentiment. So you know, these two companies are very similar in what they do, so we like to pair them up, especially when one's, one's data is showing positive and one's data is showing negative. So what do you have for a bullish Target, bearish Walmart trade?
0: Goliath versus Super Goliath, right? <laughs> That's Right. So they're, th- this is a really cool opportunity because they're both so similar as far as what they do. They're also both so similar as far as their price points and the, you know, the stock price. So similar as far as IV percentile. So similar as far as actual IV levels. And then we have a little like and a, yet wee- a week. Yeah, when
1: you go to the stores, they're so different. Yeah. It's amazing.
0: And then like a week differential between earnings. So start off with Target. You know, Target is sitting at around 65 and a half right now. Walmart's it's down
1: lately, right? So Yeah, yeah, it is. It's, this it, is
0: kind of a, a divergence play as well inside of the pair. It's down lately. It's got earnings on uh, February 28th before market. Uh, it recently dipped. It's got really good support at the 62, 63 area, and it's currently at 65.5, so we're pretty close to that support okay. level. Nice. Um, it also, you know, the technician in me likes this. I, I, I don't buy into a lot of technical setups, but it's got a really nice bare gap from the second week in January of 2017 so that it's getting ready to move into and gaps just fill like as soon as the price gets into there, these gaps fill. So I really see this thing positioning really nicely from a technical perspective. It bottomed out in that 62, 63 support area. It's put in some nice higher lows since then. Okay. It's really structurally looking good and it's got that gap above it. And then we have this data behind it. That's pointing to bearish direction. Um, so I bullish. Re- yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, did I say bullish bearish? Yeah. I meant to say bullish. The uh, Ivy percentile is currently sixty-six there, with the percentage being twenty-nine. The low end of the range is seventeen, high end is thirty-two, currently at twenty nine. So we're okay. pretty much right near the top end of the range. That's so juicy for selling. It's juicy for selling, and it's been trending up nicely okay. uh in the past few days into this earnings event coming up. So I think it's pretty much at where it's gonna be, for I can earnings. tell by looking at you. You're so much more excited yeah, about this. No, than I like this. <laughs> Well the, the The liquidity in the options market is awesome. You know, I mean, there's nothing wrong with this trade, and okay. the, the data behind it gets me excited as well. So, great divergence opportunity. And then in Walmart, I'm not gonna say the trade yet. So in Walmart, um, we've got resistance. Well, currently the stock's at sixty-eight and a half. So we've got three dollar difference in the stock price. Sixty-five and a half for target. Sixty-eight cool. and a half. Four, it's just yeah. a nice little coincidence. Yeah, we've got a you know a little difference in the IV percentage. Um targets twenty-nine, Walmart's twenty-two. But Walmart's just generally a little bit lower. The IV percentile, though, is around fifty-five. So the actual IV okay. percentiles are are pretty similar. Okay. Um Walmart reports the twenty-first of February before market. It's got a little bit of resistance around seventy-two, nothing like incredibly um defined or anything like that. But it does it, it is seeing a few days of um lower highs. So it's kind of doing the opposite of target. Of the two, I love the bullish trade in target, but I like the data in Walmart mm-hmm. and I like the fact that the stocks are so close together and they both have decent premium selling opportunities priced into them. So what I wanted to do here is what we're calling a sector strangle here. I love that so you've
1: heard it first here on the like folio podcast sector yeah. strangle nick just invented it
0: yes so essentially instead of doing a strangle and say target or walmart we're going to take the bullish bias in target sell the puts in target and we're going to take the bearish bias in walmart and sell the calls in walmart specifically we're looking at the april options um 65 days left until expiration the 57.5 target puts. So doing the target April 57.5 puts, selling them at $0.50 credit. Okay. Then looking at the Walmart April 72.5 calls, selling them at $0.50. So they're both sold at $0.50 for a total credit of $1. The similarity here, they both have probability in the money of about 15%. So... It's almost so. I'm setting it up like I would set up a normal strangle. So
1: that means that there's an 85% chance that these expire worthless, according to exactly according to
0: thinkorswim data. Exactly. So you essentially have a one standard deviation move um, in protection to the downside in Target and a one standard deviation move in protection to the upside in Walmart. So you're giving yourself a really good protection. You're playing the data bias. Um, You're, you're, Keeping earnings in place, so you're selling premium when the when the premium is juicy and fat pre earnings, and you've got r- two really similar stocks in a exact similar sector. Right. I mean, I just I love this trade. Okay, you love this trade. Yeah, if I had to do one thing specifically, I would just sell the puts in target. Okay, but I really like doing both. You like the sector strangle. I Like the sector strangle. Awesome. Yeah.
1: Awesome. I'm gonna put that trade on. I like that a lot. I haven't done a strangle in a while. Um, on a single stock. And I definitely have never done one of these where you got one part on one stock and the other on another.
0: Yeah. So it's essentially we're doing a pairs trade, but we're making it a little bit more sophisticated.
1: Right. Very cool. All right. Well, we'll see how that plays out. You said the earnings are the 21st and the 28th. Is that right?
0: 21st and Walmart before market, 28th before market and
1: Target. Okay. Awesome. Well, we'll put that trade on and um, hopefully you guys learned something today and make a little money off of these trades. Um, if you are not, make sure you follow us, um, and you can also subscribe to the podcast, and also you can reach out, uh, follow us on Twitter at LikeFolio, or if you want to shoot me an email, Landon at Thanks a lot. The Wizard. That's right. Happy trading. <laughs>